Idiot. Oh, ho, ho, ho. oh, this is awesome. I'm staying a little bit now. Oh, man. Oh, that's beautiful. It's, oh, yeah. Oh, that's nice. Time out on the WYSL stations is brought to you by Victor Chevrolet and Victor Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. And it's episode 193 of the Time Out Radio Show. My name is Nozzle. Oh, and mine would be Superstar. The engineer extraordinaire, Superstar. Um, and today we've got uh, Steve Page in the studio, live and uh, wonderful. We're going to be talking about the differences between live music performances and studio recordings. And I did sneak a, a, a weird little question in here that uh, I want you to compare, you know, live albums. So live recordings, <clears throat> I'm saying this mainly so I can remember myself, um, to, to being in the audience. But we'll get into that in, in due course. Um, so I don't know. Are we setting the table? Do we have a little salt and pepper shakers? Well, we usually do, yeah. So what's going on? Uh, let's see. You got the salt and pepper shakers. You got the little napkin holder. Uh, now, did you did you buy that at a thrift store? Those those salt and pepper shakers, the ones that look like birds. Where did you get those? I think they appeared on somebody's table somewhere. Maybe my grandmother's. There's a butter dish. Yeah, yeah, and then there was a, the uh, um, the mustard and ketchup dispensers. Oh yeah, in the red and yellow, which I I don't use those anyway. But yeah. It's funny going through some of these uh, antique stores and thrift stores. You see um, bits of furniture or knickknacks or salt and pepper shakers, butter, like you mentioned, plates. My grandmother had the Fiesta Ware, complete with the lead. I think that's overblown because, you know, hey, we didn't even we didn't wear seatbelts when we were kids, really. You know, they didn't have seatbelt laws. Uh, you could eat off of plates with lead paint, you know, and we're still here, right? Amazing, isn't it? Yeah, we had the head catcher killer cribs. Uh, let's see, the uh, gasoline, of course, all contained lead. That really was not a good thing. Uh, I'm glad that we did get rid of the lead because, boy, if you, I, I remember I was in Mexico, I was in Puerto Vallarta, and I had to had to walk to a uh, a meeting uh, during rush hour. They were still burning lead gasoline down there, and holy moly! Tough to breathe. Oh, it's really horrible. Say hello, Steve. Hello, Steve. Hey, so Steve Page from Canadagua, all the way over from Canadagua. So, uh, yeah, it's a beautiful day in the Finger Lakes. Uh, let's get let's get rolling here. So let's do a tidbit. This is from Mike Mig, and it's called Living Stones. Here's the latest timeout tidbit. Gravel, driveway gravel, a living organism. It never remains static. It provides traction when slippery pavement will just not do, giving the assured grip that locks the vehicle to the surface on which it rides. Gravel is placed in the driveway and is expected to remain there peacefully, causing no harm, no havoc. But gravel has a mind of its own, they escape, rolling away from their home in the driveway. Are these plutonic pebbles of pumice able to roam of their own free will? Consider this. 
Set your mind's eye on the sands of ancient Egypt. You are in denial. Try to embrace reality here. The ancient pyramids are being built. Can mere man lift those huge stones? Of course not. Then how were those ancient monuments constructed? How did these slabs gather into the immense hulks of crag? It was Mr. Master Mason Stonecutter Lee, a man of modest physique. He would walk like an Egyptian and talk like one. As he plied his trade at the top of these monuments in Giza, people would ask, where is he? Where is Master Mason Lee? To which the foreman would point up and say, Leon Spinks. At the end of the day's labor, the men would wash with soapstone or lava. The monolithic stones banded together and rolled along to the North Sea Isles. The dried stones caught the fancy of British adventurer Dr. Livingstone, I presume. He loaded a ship and sailed to the New World down the Erie Canal, where he joined up with the Cobblestone Group and headed to Livingstone County. It was here the stone grinders pulverized the group of rocks into the magic pebble pellets meant for driveways. The quarry stones were worked by the quarrymen, and the beetle stones were worked by the beetles. The stones that rolled were worked under the thumb, as the eagle stones were used to build a hotel in California. The space program used red stones to make rockets, while white stones were used to build a bridge. Stones have lives of their own. Yes, indeed. Often they wander away from their driveway encampment to grassy lawns and knolls, sidewalks, and human gallbladders. Stepping stones, of which some men are not, march to the beat of their own quartz crystal. It happens again and again. A wandering stone with a mind of its own, making us wonder where it will go. It is indeed a metaphor for life, for a rolling stone gathers no moss. Okay, so that's the tidbit for this week. That's one Thanks, of my Mike. favorites. That, that was very clever. Yeah, it sure was. Mike does a good job on those. So does Eileen. Um, and wet your wet your whistle a little bit, or wet your appetite, I guess. Yeah, thank you. Uh, to wet your appetite, you know, Eileen, uh, she's going to sing on, on one of the uh, upcoming tidbits. So you Excellent. Can, you can look forward to that. Did she take requests. <clears throat> we'll have to find out. So we're going to sell a little product, come back and talk to Steve Page about the differences between live performances and recorded studio, like albums, I guess. Stick around. Time Out Radio Show on the WYSL stations.
You get it all. Savings, selections, security, and satisfaction when you shop at Victor Chevrolet. Now, lease a 2024 Chevy Trax 1 RS front-wheel drive. Just $189 a month for 24 months. Get the cold weather safety and capability of a 2024 Chevy Silverado LT Crew Cab for just $359 a month for 36 months. And then, there's the 24 Chevy Equinox all-wheel drive LT. Only $199 a month for 27 months. $2,500 cash or trade at at closing. Tier 1 credit approval less irresponsible for repairs and maintenance. Must have lease and household for all these lease deals. Conditions apply. Get details at dealer. All factory rebates, incentives, and discounts waived. Whether you drive a Chevy or not, trust your vehicle to our Chevy Certified Service Department and check out our great used inventory too. Come see how easy it is to do business with us. Together, let's drive at Victor Chevrolet, Route 96 and Victor. Visit VictorChevrolet.com in 1926, the Avon Fire Department put an Aaron's Fox pumper into service. It now sits fully restored in a museum near Toronto. Avon has an opportunity to bring the Fox home for its 100th birthday for a fraction of its appraised value. The Aaron's Fox Fold Circle Preservation Society needs your help. Look us up on Facebook or call 615-6463. Let's bring home the Fox. All Seasons Wine and Spirits, your local and locally owned store. Supporting your neighbors and our community. Always save at All Seasons on cases of your favorites. No sales events necessary. All Seasons Wines and Spirits voted best in Livingston County. 255 Main Street in Avon. Time Out Radio Show on the WYSL stations. And we're back, and we're talking with Steve Page from Kenandegua. And I guess the, the topic is studio music recordings, so records and CDs, versus live performances. And I know you're a blues fan, is that right? That's, yes. Yeah, okay. Now, my Not goal for today's show, Steve, is I want to ask you the, the, the minimum number of questions and have you talk the maximum amount so I can just put my feet up, put, put my feet up in front of the fire and smoke a big fatty. There you go. Um, that's my goal. So uh, let's start off in case people don't remember from your previous uh, interviews where you're from originally. Where did you grow up? Uh, well, I'm from Seneca Falls originally. I, I never have grown up, but other than that, yeah, I was raised there. That sounds like a familiar answer. Yeah, you've <laughs> talked about. Thank you. Uh, you've talked about collecting and selling toys and things like that. And right. Maybe we'll have you back on to talk about that again at some point. But uh, today we're talking about music. And um, was there a lot of music in your house in Seneca Falls? Was there the records, radio? Did you have family members, mother, brother? father that played a, an instrument well my mom was a piano player my dad was uh, he wasn't musical as far as i recall my mom had a piano and at a very young age i was uh, basically told i was going to get classical piano lessons and i hated them all because that wasn't what i had an interest in but i learned how to play piano i guess uh there was a, a vinyl there was record albums uh um, Timeline-wise, I can tell you one of the very first albums I had was Elvis Presley's Blue Hawaii soundtrack, along with the Dion and the Belmonts and Rockin' Rebels' Wild Weekend. How am I doing for that, memory-wise? I can't remember. Oh, Rockin' Rebels, yes. Remember them from Buffalo, I da, think. Da, 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 da. I don't remember them. Yep. 
Well, that's understandable. How did it sound? How did Elvis sound? I mean, because you probably were there like the day before Elvis came on the radio, right? So was it earth-shattering or what? Um, Yeah, it it was. I remember playing it over and over again on my parents' great, big, huge mono console thing. Where does Blue Hawaii fall in his, you know, I don't know, record lexicon or well, there's yeah, it's a combination. There's some ballads like Blue Hawaii and I Can't Help Falling in Love with You was okay. another one. And then there was some rock on it too. It was rock it was rock and roll basically. It was a movie soundtrack. I'm sorry? It was a movie soundtrack. Yes, it was. Yep. <clears throat> yep. I think Ann Margaret's picture was on the back. I probably studied that too. Yeah. I think Elvis studied uh, Ann Margaret there uh, quite a bit. True. I, yes, I recall. So did she perform on the album? I don't recall that she did. Uh, oh, I don't recall. Interesting. I don't think so. She was in the movie. Yeah, oh, okay. That's why. All righty then. Yeah, so, um, okay, so you had some records around the house. Your mom taught piano. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we had to take piano lessons, too, and we just, we just didn't practice, you know? It's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, did your mom force you to practice? Uh, well, it was, yes, highly yeah. suggested. She didn't. She actually didn't teach me. She paid a lady to teach uh, me okay. who had a huge grand piano and all of that okay. stuff. But it was classical, and I, yeah. I didn't care. Do you think that that, that education, you know, affected your, um, uh, you know, I'm trying to think, you know, your, your appreciation of any certain types of music, or did you hear music differently because of that, that uh, upbringing? Looking back, I would have to say absolutely. I mean, I still can, uh, I mean, you learn basic chord structure no matter whether it's classical or what it is, Uh, basic four chord structure. And uh, I still, to this day, when I go to a concert or even just listen to something, I can kind of pick up the bass the basics of the song sometimes not and then it gets interesting but yeah no no it certainly uh gave me a, a an appreciation for it sure. mm-hmm. yep. and do you still play the piano at all uh hardly uh, uh we don't own a piano i have an electric piano a, you know a keyboard kind of thing that uh i should sit down and play but i'd never get around to it but i'm too busy listening to other people yeah okay yeah. all right um who were who were some of your favorite artists? Like when you were maybe a teenager in your formative years, you know, give us give us a timeline too. To... Okay, well, yeah, I was in high school in the '60s, um, so my favorite artists were the rock and roll artists of the day. Um, gosh, uh, I remember. Of course, the Beatles had just barely become known then. So it was it was the typical uh, Roy Orbison, Elvis, uh, the Shirelles, um, the just typical AM radio because there was nothing else, and I didn't know of anything else. You know, so the only I'd go to the record store in town and buy a forty-five because I'd heard it on the radio, that kind of thing. Yeah. It was just typical rock and roll in the sixties. Interesting. Uh, so let's see here. We're getting we're moving right along here. Um, do you remember your first concert? Who, yeah, who it was, where it was, and maybe I, I do. It was I, my my first couple of years of college was at Cortland State, and uh, the first concert uh, was the Association. Oh yeah! Oh wow! Uh, yeah. Which I don't remember thinking was all that impressive, but 
the gal I was with was the whole reason I went. So, mm-hmm. you know, was she like them a lot? Or? I think it was just going to a concert yeah. as much as anything. So remind us what, what they were all about. Were they a, 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 a combo? Soft rock. Uh, yeah, there was, a, I don't remember now, several musicians in the group, probably uh, a couple, three singers with the typical guitars and drum. Uh, I don't even remember any of the songs, but... I'm looking at superstar. Oh, I didn't know if you wanted me to play a little, a little uh, uh, brief snatch. Oh, you got, you got uh, some. I can find yeah, some. Sure, bring some up. Just yeah. a quick second. Along comes Mary, of course, comes to oh, yeah. mind. So they're like a vocal group, really, right? Yes, they, they yeah. were. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, I gotta look it up. Let me get it on the uh, turntable. Tube, tube of you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, remember I told you about that uh, record I got, and it was only playing through one channel. Oh yeah, well, I gave it back to my friend, and he said, "No, it plays fine." So I, I said, "Well, let me try another record." Well, that played through one channel too, so there was a loose wire on my ah, stereo. So that was hmm. doofus, doofus moment. Okay. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You can just uh, you, you can break down in some uh, discussion groups while I do this. Cause yeah, talk prob- amongst yourselves. Pro- probably probably going to have to uh, smoke them if you got them. Yeah, uh, endure an ad here. I do remember another when I, my first concert when I came to Rochester was Procol Harum. Oh wow! At uh, the it's no longer there. Henrietta, the Dome Arena, or whatever it was, had concerts oh, yeah. back then. Yes, uh, whiter shade of pale, all yeah. of that. I remember sitting up at the top in the topmost bleachers, wondering what is all this smoky stuff all around me. Mm-hmm. Well, that was a long time ago too. Along comes Mary. Every time I think that I'm the only one who's lonely, someone calls on me. And every now and then I spend my time with rhyme and verse and curse those false in me. And then along comes Mary. And does she want to give me kicks and you want to chicken, give me bigger memories. Anybody... Famous in there? I'm using air quotes on that. I mean, because I'm sure they're all famous in their own mind. But did anybody come out of that and do more work, or was it did... not that I'm aware? Yeah. Of ensemble so. group. Yeah. Okay. Very nice. So this passed for rock and roll. Is that it? Yeah, it was a mass appeal. I, I would say you know you, you played that on top forty stations, adult contemporary stations. I do remember that song for sure. Uh, yeah, so you were talking about you were at Procol Harum at the Dome, and you looked down and you said, I, I wonder what all that smoke is about. But, you know, you, you joke about that and you say, you say, well, it was probably people smoking in the audience, smoking whatever they want, you know, were doing. But a lot of the acts, you know, had smoke machines, too, smoke generators, I think, didn't they? Yeah. For uh, atmosphere. On the, particularly on the stage itself, they could come out of the smoky cloud as, you know, as an intro to their songs or whatever. Oh, yeah. You know, one of the I don't best see much anymore, but. things, one of the best aspects of a live concert that I enjoyed was before the band started. Like there would be, you know, frisbees being thrown around uh, yeah. the stadium, balloons, balloons. Balls. beach balls, beach, beach balls. balls. Yeah, sure. sure. Oh, you yeah. know, and then they always had some either you know music on the PA, or then you know the opening band would come mm-hmm. out. And a lot of times, you know, some some of the the double headers that I mentioned, the opening acts were actually pretty darn good. Yeah. I agree. I totally agree. Uh, 
You know, and you see, I don't know, Leonard Skinner open for the Almond Brothers. I mean, which yeah, which <laughs> which is the main act? Yeah, really. right. Saw Jethro Tull, and the opener was uh, Gary Wright. Oh yeah, hmm. Dream Dreamweaver. Dream yeah. yeah, I remember that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. The Rochester um, War Memorial. Yep. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, what, what do you think a live performance brings to the music? So you've got the record at home. You know, you like the group or the or the artist. Yep. And then you, you sit down at, or you stand in general admission and you're listening to the concert. What, what, do you th- what, a- what aspects of that performance you know, are you uh, drawn to? Okay. Um, in terms of live music, not recorded live or studio recordings, just being there, uh, it's, for me, the interaction between the musicians as much as anything because you get to see how they're enjoying what they do. And you can focus on individual members if it's a a group of more than one. Um, Typically it is. And you can kind of dissect it and see what part they play in in the music, which you can't do on an album uh, recording. Uh, You just hear the music. Uh, The sound at a live concert isn't always... Well, it's not studio quality, obviously. It's whatever it is at the venue they're at. Um, but I, I prefer live music, again, just because of the interaction. Even you can see sometimes musicians uh, are hopeful that they're going to be appreciated and applauded, etc. And when they are, as typically always is the case, they just sort of brighten up and put more into it, maybe, or at least imagine it. But the best part about a live performance for me is watching them just let loose and jam a little. Uh, you know, they're not in a, in a studio with five minutes and 12 seconds to fill and no more. They might take a five-minute song and turn it into an 18-minute jam, which is fun as well because you get to see the musicians doing their thing. So, yeah. So we're talking to Steve Page. Uh, so, Steve, what about the size of the venue? Uh, talk about what you know what impact that has now i saw you coming out of fanatics exactly uh, over in lima the blues place yes and uh, we chatted for a moment on the sidewalk uh that's a much more intimate uh, kind of environment right very much so for me that place is uh we're very fortunate to have it within reasonable driving distance it's like having the band in your living room it's the only way i can think of yeah. to explain it's it. a great way to great way to characterize it it's it's fantastic and you uh, in our case my wife and i and friends of ours as well that go there and that's another subject we meet lots of friends through this stuff but you get to interact or at least meet the musicians either before or after their performance and it's uh it's it's interesting to see how many musicians so much appreciate being appreciated. Yeah. And I never, never thought of it that at, way. At, at Fanatics, they're literally sitting at the bar. They're right there. You know, yeah. and you, so, so you stand yeah. next to them while you're ordering a drink or whatever, and yeah. you chat them up. Exactly. And they're yep. very gregarious sure. and outgoing. Yep. Uh, and again, you get firsthand to see the interaction between the members. Sometimes uh, you'll catch maybe the bass guitar player grinning at the drummer or back in a very subtle way, and then you go, oh, what just happened that I missed that they know more about? And yeah, there's stuff. a lot of communication that goes on on stage. There we were, is. Yeah, yes, there yeah. is. We did that uh, Les McCann. I showed you that video, and those guys are, are constantly looking at each other and just 
you can actually learn more about the music, like you say. Yes, indeed. It's it's really neat to be able to see. So, like like we said, you know, Fanatics is a great place to have, and we're lucky to have it. Uh, amongst other places, not the only place around, but sure. So, Fanatics yep. is in Lima. Just as hop, skip, yep. and a jump away from the station. And, uh, yeah, okay, so you mentioned friends. So do you go with certain people, try to go with certain friends to different concerts? Or what, what are you doing? I, I, I ha- I've seen your Facebook. I think I might have spied on you on Faceplant. And I, I'm thinking that you get involved in a certain activity at concerts. And it involves maybe an SLR camera or oh, do you <laughs> – uh, do you, do you uh, take a lot of pictures at concerts, and do you try to get a good, you know, what, like what are you, what are you doing there? Okay, um, interesting you put it that way. It's funny. My phone is loaded with pictures. I take so many or videos, but I never ever have the time to go back and look at most of them uh, because I'm always too busy taking more. And I've also learned that friends of ours are far better at it than I am. So when I have a picture of a uh, guy's head sitting in front of me or the, f- the video or whatever of it, I can hear the music if it's a video, and, and that's good enough for me sometimes. But, yeah, we do a lot of that and uh, uh, through friends that we have made in the music uh, circles. Uh, I've met some pretty phenomenal people who can do v- video like just amazing Mm-hmm. And it's much more fun to watch theirs than it is mine. But yeah, I do take pictures. My wife does a lot of that posting on on, on internet, social media. Yeah. No. Yeah. Is uh, is Fanatics a place where you can get a meal too while you're oh, listening? Sure. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. There. It's. Uh, I mean, it's. It's uh, not bar food. It's it's uh, uh, chicken wings, pizza. You can get uh, pasta. You can get all kinds of stuff there. No, it's uh, it's perfect for what Great it big is. Big old sandwiches. Uh, you, yeah. you, they got bar food too. If oh, that's yeah, what you want, sure. They've uh, got plenty of burgers and fries. The food's and good there. Onion rings, very much so. Yeah, yeah. I think I've lots eaten of times, every one of them. Lots yeah. of times, these mixed venues. You know, the food is not great, it's, but the music's great. Yeah. You know, you, there's some compromise somewhere, but Jim's got a good balance going. There. Well, what? Um, if, since we're on the subject, Jim basically uh, is there during the days of concert days, especially preparing the kitchen, the food in the kitchen, yep. to be served that night. So he's the cook and chef and everything else. Then uh, they have, of course, the servers and so forth in the evening. But uh, no, yeah, it's uh, it's worth going for food. So it's mostly blues there. Pretty much, that's his focus, his interest. Uh, and uh, mine as well. Uh, and, uh, just fills a niche that, uh, by that I mean local blues, uh, it fills a niche that you wouldn't otherwise be exposed to, perhaps. Uh, I can tell you how I came to find about about the place, but if that's not on No, a, go ahead. Well, uh, I'll shorten it down really quickly. No, lengthen it if you can. Okay, in 2007 Make some stuff up. at 9.30, no, not quite that. Uh, my wife and I took a ride to Virginia Beach, Virginia, only because uh, we she'd never seen the ocean and you know, it was something to do. And it was uh, August or September. We get there and coincidentally, uh, right on the <clears throat> in one of the outdoor venues, there is a blues festival. Well, up to that point, I had not known much about blues other than yes, Eric Clapton does it sometimes, and you know the ones you hear on the radio. So we went and listened and. Uh, 
we made friends with a couple, two couples. Uh, one was a, still is a, I would call him a professional photographer. He calls himself uh, uh, just a hobbyist in that respect, but he's taken pictures worldwide. That's another story. However, we met Alan and Susan, the husband and wife there. Also met another couple, Roy and Bev, from Connecticut, who told us this is a year long, year, yearly event. So we left, and the next year we came back specifically for that same weekend, met them, met a couple others. And was told about something called a Blues Cruise, which is a week-long ship wanders around the Caribbean, and it's full of blues musicians who perform the entire time. That's quite an event. They suggested we sign up. We did. It took two years to get on the ship. It takes even less now, or it takes longer now to get on it. It sells out very quickly. Long story short to that, we're at the hotel. We meet a couple who's waiting as we are to leave to go to the pier. We share a cab. The guy says, but, well, where are you all from? I said, well, and I've learned not to say New York because it'll go, oh, Manhattan? No. Uh, if I say upstate. So I just said Rochester. He goes, really, where? I said, well, Canandaigua. Well, they were from Geneseo. <laughs> so the joke is we flew 1,200 miles to share a cab with somebody that was 25, 30 minutes away. Had a great time. They told us about fanatics. Never even heard of the place. Oh, okay. I just sort of Lima yeah. was a spot on a map. And we started going there and been doing it ever since. And I would have to say the great number of our circle of friends now are people we have met. And uh, as a result of the, the blues music, either on the ship, uh, this past we just got back. We went again. It's January into February. And there's probably two dozen of us couples out of the 3,000 people that are on the boat <laughs> that we look forward to seeing and catching up with every year. And then Fanatics is the same way. So, yeah, there so you have it. So the aspects you like are you're watching the communication on stage between the musicians. Yes. Right? Yeah. And Just, um, hanging out with friends, seeing yep. familiar faces. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, is it is it a prerequisite that you go to a place that also serves drinks and food, or not necessarily? No, not pretty much every place does, though, right? It I mean, does. Uh, even f- what are they called? The, not flea pack anymore. It's something else. Uh, but yeah, C-Mac, C-Mac, or whatever yeah. it is. The, the, uh, uh, but as Bob said uh, a few minutes ago, sometimes the food choices at some of those places are meh. You almost want to bring your own. Uh, maybe even the alcohol. But uh, it's not a priority. We don't go. We'd still go to Fanatics if there was no food. Uh, although I can't imagine that would ever be. It's just part of a music scene is to have somebody. But drink. would you go to Fanatics if there was no music? That's the question. No. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> okay. No. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'd stop I mean, by for a drink. It's well, yeah. that, maybe that. But get yeah. like a snack or something, the, right? The, my my calendar is loaded with shows, upcoming shows to that place. I can't imagine. Nice. You know, if if there was no music there, we might have found the place, but the music drew us in. Were you there for Bobby Rush? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. What a night that was. That was something. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of Bobby Rush, but I totally, totally admire and respect his contributions over the many you guys. What ninety. 90 years old, and this guy is performing. And, and, he, and he put on a full show, yeah, uh, yeah. came out into the audience. He's walking walking around singing yep. and interacting yep. with people. Yep. And I, I would have 
I would have pegged him somewhere in his early 60s. Right. Energetically, yes. Oh, absolutely. Now, he's also been on the ship, and that's when he has his full band, which is three backup singers and all. I mean, oh, Fanatic Stage okay. isn't, isn't uh, really set up for a 15-piece sure. thing, although there's been you, some that are close. Displace some of the audience if you brought that full. Yeah. But yeah, place yeah. was place was jammed too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, both it, has, it was two nights sold out both nights. So, how many people can sit in there? I think it's a roughly 120 or okay. something like that. Uh, he's added on. So it used to be just 70 or 80. Wait, maybe even few. He's he's remodeled and added on a couple of times. He's now added an outdoor, but with uh, uh, like a. a a big porch or it's like a pavilion kind pavilion of. yeah thanks that's what he's looking for which he's going to do a lot of summer shows uh weekend shows uh to the great degree local artists of which uh that's probably another subject we're blessed with so many regional by that western new york i guess i'd say uh artists uh that uh just They'll make you stop and listen. Another thing we need to bring up is uh, the the jazz festival. Oh, sure. Do you go to that? Oh, absolutely. All day, every eight, all eight days, if I can. So you buy like a a, a pass. A a pass. You get the all day pass. Yeah. And describe that for us. I've never been there, and I am a jazz fan, so I'm kicking myself. But you okay. Know. But I, I should maybe go on record as saying I, I don't really care for the concert going experience as much as I like listening to you know the records. But sure, that's another. You know, conversation for a different day. So, so okay. talk about that for us, because I I want to you know take us there. Okay, pa- paint us a picture. Uh, the Jazz Fest. Of, well, it's eight basically evenings. Uh, it's, uh, the main focus starts at four thirty-five in the afternoon and runs till uh, eleven o'clock when uh, the noise ordinance kicks in. Uh, you can wander around that place and hear all kinds of music f- for free because there's a lot of outdoor venues. They take, uh, they totally block off Gibbs Street. Uh, by block off, I mean a full stage that's on a big trailer, and <clears throat> and and two or three other locations. It may be different this year, so I'll just leave it at that. But you just wander around, have a good time, listen to music, food, drink is always there. Uh, you can go in the many venues, and there's venues that are small, and then there's, well, one of the venues is Eastman Theater. So you've got a whole uh, range there of sizes. Those aren't typically free. You pay 20 bucks, 30 bucks, whatever it is to go in, or you buy the all-day ride pass, I call it, which... Uh, I don't remember. I think it costs a couple hundred, maybe two fifty, and you can go into every one of them uh, as you wish. Come and go. Um, and the location for that um, fair is yes. chosen specifically because there's eateries around there, cafes. Oh, I things. would say eateries and venues. Uh, it's it's in what's called the East End, which is East Avenue, East Main Street, Sio Street. Um, and adjacent, adjacent to the Eastman Theater, because yes. that's, yeah. there's a lot of performances in there. The big name oh, yeah. performances oh, yeah. are in there. And then there's a little venue over on the northwest corner of uh, East Main and Gibbs. There's a tent there, and there will be somebody performing yeah. in there. They also use the Parcel 5 area right, right. For, yep. uh, for the bigger crowd-drawing things. There's Max at Eastman. There's, uh, there's just, I, again, I don't want to leave anybody out, but there's just a great... And it's it's 
you can uh, the theme that the two men that run it uh it's not who you know meaning yes you know big names but it's also who you don't know which are people you may have never heard play before may have never even heard of and uh, i'll throw a quick story in there uh for rolling stones fans you may remember uh throughout the years there was a girl vocalist did a lot of background the second uh, girl vocalist in their group, uh, her, le- her name is Lisa Fisher. Yeah, Lisa Fisher. Yeah, and uh, 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 she actually, I think, has toured more with them than recorded on studio albums. She's part of the tour. Uh, well, anyway, uh, she was one of the uh, jazz performers two years ago at. Jazz, the Rochester International Jazz Festival. I was there for that. Yeah, it was great. It wasn't it something, but it was nothing like I expected that I would hear Lisa Fisher do. I expected her to do basically stuff from the Stones, but she is a true jazz performer to uh, to the to a degree where I I know a number of people uh, didn't really appreciate what they heard because they expected to hear. Uh, Brown Sugar or whatever song she was on the back of. But uh, I went back and saw her again last year. And I, again, it's who you don't know and what they do that can... You you got, you got would enjoy it, Jeff. I know you would. Uh, and it's a safe place to be. I have friends that say, oh, no, I'm not going downtown. It's uh, it's a totally safe place to be. Yeah, yeah I, w- I was in Montreal for the Jazz Festival. That's even bigger and yeah, better. That's huge. Yeah, yeah. That's, that is huge. Yeah. That's usually right after Jazz Fest, I think. Oh, okay. They try to, again, uh, performers have a, a, they have a tour that they go on, and promoters have to schedule their shows to fit. That's another thing with Fanatics. Most of his shows are on Tuesday nights, Thursday nights, maybe Monday night. The reason is you've got a group uh, that's playing a big show in maybe Cleveland or Buffalo this weekend, and next weekend they're going to be in Albany or Boston or whatever, and they've got all this downtime. So he'll get in touch with their agent or however and uh, book them during the week when they'd have otherwise nothing to do, and and it just adds another stop for them. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Yeah, no, I I do. I I like watching videos of of musicians on stage because because you can see them communicating and stuff but mm-hmm. uh, right well, as we're talking about festivals by the way i mean not to, not to belabor jim too much but he also has periodic festivals down at the hemlock fairgrounds exactly yeah that's great too because now you've got a larger area you, you can wander about again it's it's not a restricted thing and he can bring in uh groups uh, that need a larger stage uh, for example, to have their entire entourage of musicians with them. Um, I don't know yet the lineup this coming uh, summer, but uh, it's definitely worth doing. He also does stuff right there in, in the village, uh, puts up a big tent uh, just east of his building, and, and then there's another venue across the, uh, across the street uh, down a little bit. So there's a lot of choices yeah, before we have to wrap it up, let me ask you this. Did you ever see any of the, the real big acts like B.B. Uh, King and Muddy Waters, things like that? Yes. B.B. Uh, King, Buddy Guy. Uh, he's act- still out there, right, or no? Oh, Buddy Guy. Yeah. Yeah, okay. he's, yeah. Uh, he's not as active as he used to be. Uh, he used to be on the cruise ship. We saw him there. We've seen him at C-Mac. 
Uh, I saw a show several years now ago with B.B. King and Buddy Guy. Buddy Guy opened for B.B., obviously. And that was at uh, Finger Lakes Performing Arts Center. We all call it CMAC because it's easier, but it's part of FLCC's campus. Yeah. uh, How did those compare, you know, with like a smaller act, maybe an unknown act? uh, Yeah, again, when you're watching a a structured show like, say, B.B. King, where he's got a set list, a certain time, and, uh, for example, all musicians somewhere, but not in your view, but in their view, is sort of a digital clock telling them what time it is. Because whether it's noise ordinance restrictions or union uh, stipulations, they, they're done at a certain time. okay, And they have to adhere to that. Uh, when you get in the smaller venues, like Fanatics or elsewhere. Uh, Abilene's in, in Rochester is a good example. There's some Buffalo places as well. They're not as structured. So as I say, you can see a, a musician or a group take a four-minute song and make a 20-minute jam out of it. Yeah. And you just can be amazed at what they can do and how they do it. Yeah, okay, you mentioned yep. that before, and I, I wrote something in the margin here, but <clears throat> let me... Uh, we got time for one more. Yeah, sure. So, Grateful Dead. Yeah. Are you a fan? Because you mentioned, you know, five-minute songs being turned into, oh, yeah. you know, a song that takes three years to complete, you okay. know. Okay. Uh, in that respect, yes. Uh, I'm a fan of Grateful Dead in that respect. Jerry Garcia and Jams and so forth. In fact, some of their biggest hits. In concert, you never heard on the radio, they were too long. But, uh, oh, yeah, any musician, uh, you could, uh, he still tours a little bit, Eric Clapton. Uh, another musician that had sadly passed, Jeff Beck, he could jam for 45 minutes. And what the neat stuff with some of them is, and there's a couple of local guys I'll mention if there's time, that can take, say, an Almond Brothers song that you know every word to, and all of a sudden it becomes an Otis Redding ballad, and you go, how did they segue from that to that? Oh, well, that's pretty cool. And then 10 minutes later, they're back to the end of uh, Sweet Melissa or whatever, Almond Brothers song. And you just go, wow, that's mm-hmm. talent. Mm-hmm. And you only get that at a live performance, um, as far as I know. Cool, man. So um, that is Steve Page, and that's the end of the interview. But we're going to do the mm-hmm. Comparoscope, and the song was specially chosen because... The first version of the song we're going to hear is live, and the second one is probably more familiar to us. So stick around, folks. After the break, we'll come back and do the Comparoscope. No, you shook me, baby. You shook me all night long. The all-new Victor Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram gives you an assist to get through this winter. Save 25% below MSRP on a 2023 Jeep Gladiator Mojave 4x4. There are 11 to choose from. Release a 2024 Jeep Wrangler 4-door Willis 4XE convertible. Only $319 a month for 36 months. 7,500 miles a year, 2,500 cash or trade, must have lease loyalty. The 23 Jeep Grand Cherokee Altitude is only $379 a month for 39 months. 7,500 miles a year, 3,500 cash or trade, must have lease loyalty. Or check out a 20. 20- 
Jeep Renegade Latitude SUV 4x4. Just $239 a month for 39 months. $2,500 cash for trade. 10,000 miles a year must be conquest to returning lessee. First payment, DMV, taxes and fees due at signing. Other conditions may apply. See dealer for details. We are here to fully serve Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram customers in Victor, Canandaigua, Macedon, Fairport, and Finger Lakes. Visit the most beautiful new vehicle sales and service dealership in the area. Victor Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. 6484 Route 96, just east of Victor. A once-in-a-century experience in a 19th-century village. Visit Genesee Country Village and Museum on Monday, April 8th to experience a total solar eclipse. Limited tickets remain and must be purchased online in advance. Plus, enjoy three days of eclipse festivities on April 5th, 6th, and 7th. Hands-on citizen, science, costumed historical educators, souvenir tintype photos, eclipse-themed food and drink, and more. Details at gcv.org. Time Out Radio Show on the WYSL stations. So we're going to wrap things up. We did say we had a question on the questionnaire. It's a good place for a question to be, I guess. So can you compare live recordings with being in the audience? You were just talking about something during the break there. Why don't you say Right. Uh, a live recording... Um, again, it's structured, it's been edited, uh, et cetera, in order to fit on a certain format. Uh, and usually the sound quality is not what you'd have on a studio-generated album, simply because you don't have the technique and the, or the, the technology uh, sitting there to use. But in a live, where you're at a, record, at a live concert, you see the spontaneity, you see the interaction of the musicians, and you also typically are not, they are not as structured with ending a song at a certain moment so they can get on to the next one. I've, I've, I collect, to a degree, set lists, and I'll get a set list from a concert, and I'll look at it, and I'll go, wait a minute, they didn't do these hmm. two songs. Oh, well, that's because the one before it, they made last three times as long as it typically would yeah. because they got so into it. So, yeah, big differences there. Yeah, you know, if you're going to uh, record, if you know you're going to do a live album and you're recording, maybe it's better if it happens, if it's taken from several nights of a show. Because, oh. like, say, on Monday yeah. night, maybe the, the microphone and the drum got pushed the wrong way, so exactly. all you left was like a thump, yep. and there's nothing the engineer can do about it. So you maybe take exactly. the drums from Tuesday. and Yeah, well, uh, uh, one example, Clapton did a, a double or triple CD called uh, Seven Nights in London. I'm not probably specific on that. But that's a compilation of seven nights of concerts he did at Royal Albert Hall or somewhere over there that where they picked and blended them together. They did a good job. To get the best uh, of the bunch. Yeah. I'm sure that's why it was. Excellent. Hey, Steve, thanks for coming in today. My We're going to play that uh, Raider record with you, so stick around for that. Right. And that means it's what time, Superstar? It's time. It's another WYSL timeout. Compare-O's. Compare-O's. And it's a side-by-side comparison of an original or early song recording and a popular cover of the same song. So today we're featuring Superstar. This is one uh, that Leon Russell wrote for our, our uh, benevolent engineer and station yes. owner. It's a, it's a tribute to me. Actually, right. it was written by Bonnie Bramlett uh, in 1969 and Leon Russell, and they were part of uh, Delaney and Bonnie. Do you have any recollection yeah. of that? Delaney, yeah. Bonnie, and Friends. I yeah. think she's still around. He He's unfortunately gone to another dimension, but... Uh, 
Um, let's see here. It's been a hit for many artists and in different genres. Like you were talking earlier, Steve, you take a song and it turns into something different. It's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. And the best known version is by the Carpenters in 1971. So let's listen to this. This is the first, um, I think, live recording of it. And the singer is Kathy McDonald, who was a groupie with Leon Russell and the Shelter People, recorded April 22nd, 1971. Slow it down just a little bit. A whole lot. I'd like to feature Miss Kathy McDonald on this song. Okay, so Leon Russell, born Claude Russell Bridges, born eight, uh, 1942, passed in 2016, is an American musician and songwriter who was involved with numerous best-selling records during his 60-year career and spanned multiple genres, including rock and roll, country, gospel, bluegrass, rhythm and blues, southern rock, blues rock, folk, surf, and the Tulsa sound. Wow. Um, so the cover is, today we're going to listen to The Carpenters from 1971. And uh, let's see, they were an American vocal instrumental duo, brother and sister, uh, involving Karen, born 1950, passed in 1983, and Richard Carpenter, born 1946. So let's play it, and then we'll talk a little bit about it afterwards.
Don Redwood's favorite group, right, Don? Not. <laughs> um, so now we play this uh, Raider record, and we turn to our guest, and we ask him which version of that song do you prefer or not, and maybe some insight as to why. Okay. And you are the guest. So I we're, am. Um, Talk I like to us. the original one more so. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there's just the authentic, authenticity of it, I guess, if anything else. The Carpenters is a great tune. You can tap your toe and sing along. Um, but to, see the, to, to hear the origins of a song is always of interest to me. Yeah. See how it was adapted or adopt, adopted, whatever, later on. That's one for Leon Russell and Kathy McDonald. Mm-hmm. Superstar, what do you think? I'm going with the Carpenters. Uh, I, I give kudos uh, to Leon for writing the song. Great song. Uh, I, I'm not nuts about uh, Kathy McDonald's vocal style, especially when she really gets cranking. A little too screechy for me, uh, but I like the Carpenters. Wow, it's tough. It's a tough one. Uh, I do like the Carpenters very much. Um, uh, I'm going to give it to Leon Russell and the Shelter People, uh, the live version, just just because you know he 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 composed the song and yeah. She, she's a little rough around the edges there, Kathy McDonald. I got to look into that. Like, <laughs> he even introduces her. So, like, does, does he know the names of the groupies? That's a whole other thing we didn't even talk about. Maybe we could do a show on groupiedom. Um, that's the show, guys. So, thanks for tuning in. And this is Robin Trower, kind of blues oriented English. This is Bridge of Size. You may know this. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome song. See you next week. Thanks for listening. Time Out on the WYSL Stations is brought to you by Victor Chevrolet and Victor Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Crossing bridge of sand.